Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, May 8th, 2023 on Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Hockey. Grace, we are through the crazy, crazy part of like the Broadway opening season. We are now into the crazy, crazy part of the Broadway awards season coming up on yes. Monday today, or I'm sorry, on Sunday, as we are recording, we will have the announcement of the Lortel awards. And pretty much from now until June 11th, when the Tony awards happen, we are basically going to have either award ceremonies, award luncheons, award meet and greets, pretty much, you know, not on a daily basis, but it, it'll feel like a daily basis. Every few days, there will be some sort of awards-related event. Of course, when all of the awards are announced, we will bring them to you here on Broadway Radio. But for people like you that work in the Broadway community, uh, it this obviously is not a, a thing, you know, we think, oh, things will quiet down once everything's open. Not so much. It's, it's going to be just as hectic and just as crazy for the next, what, is it five weeks, four, four and a half weeks for y'all? The answer uh, is yes. Yes, basically. And Back to the Future opens in June, I think. It does not stop. No, we ha- we already have Grey House is in, perfor- is in previews. We have another show, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, that'll begin previews uh, later this week, this coming weekend. So, it, you know, it's great that there's always something opening. There's always something new coming to keep everybody excited and, and coming back to the theater. But... It is a little bit of a, uh, a hamster wheel that it, it never stops. Once you get on, you are on until you either collapse or or jump off and break a leg or something. But fortunately, that means that we always have something new here at Broadway Radio for you over the weekend. Not only did we have This Week on Broadway, which, you know, comes out every Sunday, but we also had Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama. It was looking at the 1983 Pulitzer Prize winner uh, Night Mother by Marsha Norman. That is available now in the Patreon feed. It will be available later in the regular feed. So you can head over there to check it out. If you want to hear that and every other episode of Broadway Radio before it becomes available, you can go to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, one of the weird things about the end of this Broadway season was the fact that the sign in City Brewstein's window opened on the very last day of Tony eligibility, but did not invite critics until the next week afterwards. That, of course, was because of the weird circumstance that brought it to Broadway with the unfortunate cancellation of Room on Broadway, which was supposed to play the James Earl Jones Theater, as we've talked about before. Some financing and some producers fell through, and it had to cancel this entire run while it was already in rehearsals. This show originally, or this production of the show, originally uh, had played uh, the Brooklyn Academy of Music this past spring and then made a very, very hasty trip to Broadway. It is the final show that was ever written by Lorraine Hansberry. We'll talk about that here in a second. It's directed by Ann Kaufman and stars two pretty megawatt stars, Oscar Isaac in his Broadway debut as the titular Sidney Brewstein. Rachel Brosnahan plays his wife, Iris. The show's only acting Tony nomination, although it did receive a Tony nomination for Best Revival, but the t- acting Tony nomination went to Miriam Silverman, who plays Iris, Rachel Brosnahan character's older sister, Mavis. Their younger sister uh, is played by Gus Burney. Andy Gratolution is also in the cast. He plays a, a friend and politician who is the focus of the sign that Sidney Brewstein puts in his window. Julian De Niro plays a young man in love with uh, Gus Burney's character, Gloria, and the rest of the cast fills out from there. As you might have heard on a recent episode of This Week on Broadway, Jan Simpson explained that this show came to Broadway while 
Lorraine Hansberry, the playwright, was very sick and dying. She was in and out of the hospital during the rehearsal process, was only able to attend a few preview performances before opening. And after about four months on Broadway, the show, show closed and two days later, she passed away. So a lot of the reviews that we will hear talk about the fact that she never really got to really do with a show what she might have been able to do had she had the energy, the health, or the time to do so. The reviews, perhaps surprisingly, at least the ones that have come out so far, and they are not all out by any means, were mixed and all over the place, as you would expect, I guess, for a show that did not have a ton of Tony nominations, despite the fact that it was nominated for Best Revival. Starting first with Laura Collins Hughes from the New York Times, she said, quote, This seldom seen play itself is a powerful draw. Clamorous with the voices of men who take up an awful lot of oxygen, it is incisive and piercing in the voices of its women, whom Hansberry draws with exquisite fullness. As a piece of theatrical and cultural history, it is fascinating. And despite some sluggish moments, it does not feel overlong at two hours and 40 minutes, trimmed from three hours at BAM. The script's unevenness does make you wonder, though, how Hansberry might have reworked it had she had the energy and the privilege of time, and to what degree she, a black woman and closeted lesbian in the very white, very male, ostensibly straight world of mid-century American theater, felt pressure to conform in her playmaking. Because really, Sidney Brewstein, whom she has placed at the center of this crowded tragic comedy, is not an interesting person. This is not Isaac's fault, although he ignores Hansberry's stipulation that Sidney laughs at himself as much as the world. Isaac's performance is mostly unremarkable, but fine, sparking fully in life only in Sidney's scenes with Iris's wealthy, conventional sister Mavis, the best role in the show and best played by a thoroughly captivating Miriam Silverman. Moving on to talk about Rachel Brosnahan's performance, she writes, quote, Iris, on the other hand, whom Sidney does not take seriously as an artist or an adult, knows exactly what her ambition is, and it no longer involves pretending to embody his particular pastoral romantic fantasy. Iris, imbued by Brosnahan with a fragile strength and perfect comic timing, works as a waitress while scheming to break into the theater. And she goes on to talk about the, some of the other cast members here, and then I'll wrap this one up. You could shift the kaleidoscope just a bit and see Sidney Brewstein as being principally about Iris and her sisters, Mavis and Gloria, a, a terrific Gus Burney, all baby voiced dignity. With a supporting role for young Alton, Julian De Niro, a rare black character in this largely white play who is in love with Gloria. The matronly Mavis, everyday elegant and delectable period style is bigoted, complicated, and startlingly wise about life. Gloria, a call girl who tells Alton that she's a model, is a sweet, open wound, and Alton emerges as more injured and more furious than he'd let on. She wraps up her review by saying, Hansberry didn't have time. If she had, I like to think that she'd have cracked Sidney Brewstein open and done some recycling, making more plays about Iris and her sisters and their friend. So, Grace, I kind of expected this show to be a bit of a a breakout, like this hot thing that everybody was super excited about and the reviews would would be along the lines of, of the excitement with all of like the hubbub with bringing it from BAM to Broadway. But it seems at least from Lauren Collins, Laura Collins Hughes' review that it's a little bit more uh, complicated both in terms of the show itself and the, uh, and the reaction. But with those two stars, certainly still a lot, uh, a lot worth checking out. Uh, I do want to hit one or two other reviews here real quick. Naveen Kumar from Variety was positive. He said, quote, Sidney Brewstein is more voracious than the polite naturalistic drama that was perhaps expected of Hansberry when her swan song was deemed to be too much. But it was also her clarion call to demand more of people, their principles and the art that confronts them. Broadway would do well to heed her word. 
I think we'll we'll wrap up on that one as the the New York Times one ran a little long. But um, interesting. This is still one of the things that's on my list for my trip in a couple of weeks. As you know, I'm still kind of going through and figuring out what I'm going to see. But to see a Lorraine Hansberry show that doesn't get done very often and to see it with these two stars is certainly something that I think a lot of theater people will will want to do, despite whatever mixed reviews there might be. Oh, yeah. I don't think that anyone is particularly concerned with the reviews for this one. I think that it's a really hot ticket. Um, And then they had their gala performance last week, uh, which was kind of like a mini opening night uh, party, which was really cool to see. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's dissuading anyone. I mean, Rachel Brosnahan is in her final Maisel era. You know, she's she's moving on to other things. And this is kind of like the first big project that people have had to kind of put their eyes on besides the fact that like the last season of Maisel is is coming out as we're speaking. Um, I think it's I think it's exciting to see Rachel in another role, kind of establishing herself to say, like, remember, I'm an actress, like I do other things. And um, Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain on Broadway at the same time, mommy and daddy. All right, well, let's move on to some other show and casting news. This is uh, this is pretty exciting. Coming up at the Goodspeed Opera House over the summer from July 7th through August 27th will be the I think this is a little weird, but the world premiere stage adaptation of Summerstock, which of course was the iconic 1950 MGM Warner Brothers uh, film. This stage adaptation is going to star Corbin Blue and Danielle Wade. Of course, Corbin Blue is, I mean, I think one of everybody's favorites, whether you know him from High School Musical or from his his time on Broadway in multiple roles. I recently got to see a press screening of the PBS Great Performances Broadway concert that's going to be coming up later this month on PBS, and he's fantastic in that, doing a lot of tap dancing, which I'm sure will be in this. Daniel Wade, I actually saw on the national tour of Mean Girls. She played Katie Heron in the national tour of Mean Girls, um, and she was great there. So they're going to lead the show. Uh, Corbin Blue will play Joe Ross, and Daniel Wade will play Jane Falberry. The rest of the cast will be announced at a later date. Excited about this one, an old school musical getting its first actual real stage adaptation. There might have been previous versions, I suppose, uh, in the past, but a but a new world premiere stage adaptation of this. So excited to see what comes of it at good speed over the summer. In New York, the Irish Repertory Theater has added five additional performances to the unbelievably star-cast Love Letters by A.R. Gurney. As we've talked about before, it is being directed by Kieran O'Reilly, and it is starring Tony Award winner Matthew Broderick and Tony Award winner Laura Benanti. The performance schedule has shifted a little bit. They've added five extra dates. They've also canceled one date. The June 4th performance has been canceled. There will now be shows on uh, Tuesday, May 30th, the 31st, June 1st, June 2nd, June 3rd. Then they skip a few days, go to June 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. I imagine that they could run this for a very long time if they wanted to, but that is not what this was initially designed to do. So if you can get a ticket to that, I will be incredibly jealous because I will not be in town, but I would still love to see it if I could. Moving on to some other news here, Audible has extended the run of Sorry for Your Loss ahead of its opening night. The one-person show by Michael Cruz Kane is now scheduled to run through June 10th at the Mineta Lane Theater. Grace, we know you love the one-person shows. Have you seen I'm this seeing one? I'm seeing it tonight. Much? Are you really? Okay, great. Yes. So what, tell me about I don't know a ton about this one. So it's a, it's actually about the loss of his son um, and oh, how wow. we like grieve through comedy. So I felt uh, literally physically yeah, compelled to, to go. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't have a choice at this one. 
No. Nope. Uh, it is going to have a seven-week limited engagement, and it officially opens tonight, Monday night. So you're going on Sunday or Monday? I am going Sunday. So yeah, so exciting. Love the one-person shows that happen at Mineta Lane. And as somebody who I recently got, I, I've had one on and off throughout the, the time, but with all of my like road trips and air travel, I became a re-renewed my Audible subscription, mostly for like audiobooks while I'm driving, but uh, I've dipped into some of the theater stuff and I really, really love it. So I love the fact Have that- you listened to Harry Clark yet? I have not. That's the- You've um, got to add it to uh, your list. That's it's Billy so Crudup, right? Yes. Okay. I remember when he, he was doing that show, but okay. So- uh, what is it? Harry Clark from Audible. Okay, it's on the list. The Am- I did listen to the Amber Amon concert or show concert that she did. Oh man, that was amazing. So I love that one. All right, next up, this is just for a certain select group of people who love different nerd culture things. But it was announced last week that part of the Donmar Warehouse's 2023 uh, program, if you will, will be David Tennant playing Macbeth. Love me some David Tennant, whether that is from Doctor Who or his his turn in Jessica Jones. But he will be playing the title character. It'll open on or begin performances on December 8th and it'll run through February 10th. Also in the season will be the European premiere of Lynn Nottage's Clydes, which is a show that I love as well. So we'll have the complete list of information of all the shows coming to Donmar during this season in the show notes if you want to check that out. The show that I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show that will be beginning performances on Broadway is the one we talked about last week, Grace, Once Upon a One More Time. It'll begin performances on Saturday, that is May 13th, at the Marquee Theater. Always nervous for any show going into the Marquee Theater, but as we talked about last week, I am unironically excited about this one. Like, I think a lot of people might will also be really excited about it, but some people will kind of be diana excited about it like oh we think this is going to be bad so we're gonna, but i'm just i'm literally pumped about this show you and i've already talked i think we're going to see it together um when i'm in town in a couple weeks and just kind of like the ridiculousness of this premise makes me excited to see what the rest of the show will look like and how they lean into that ridiculousness all right let's wrap up the show with a feel-good recommendation i feel like if you are a theater person you have seen this already you've devoured this already but as we talked about last week on friday over outside the richard rogers theater the companies of hamilton and sweeney todd got together for a new ham for ham performance that they called Todd, and it was pretty remarkable the performance that they gave but the crowd that they had was absolutely bonkers and insane we not only have the video that lin-manuel miranda tweeted out uh, and Instagrammed out, but pretty much every Broadway publication and influencer was there. So you can probably find it in many, many places. So it was very cool. It's a lot of fun. And, and, you know, for people who kind of forget, Sweeney Todd is being directed by Thomas Kale, obviously also directed Hamilton. It is being um, music directed by Alex Lackamore, obviously also with Hamilton. So they were on hand to do that. But then as I kind of went through the performances, there's a number of people in Sweeney Todd who have also previously been in Hamilton, whether uh-huh. that is is uh, is Jordan Fisher Jordan or Fisher. Nicholas Christopher, you know, and, Sam and Polino. I would say Sam has been there in the ensemble. So there's a lot of of intermixing here. Obviously, you would expect that with a creative team um, that is you know has its roots in Hamilton. But it was very cool. And then what was even better is Lynn sent out the entire all of the lyrics. So like you have not only the video, but when you are doing something that is Hamilton related and Sweeney Todd related. 
you know, the lyrics are important. So to be able to see them and to read them and to go along with them, there are some great lines, especially there's a great line about the judge and Joanna, which I won't spoil, but it is very funny and very accurate. But this was awesome, Grace. I, I loved watching it. And uh, I, I think we need more of these types of things. Yeah, I mean, listen, Lynn is such a, you know, Sondheim nerd and, he, you know, he, he's got his boys across the street. So it makes sense that he wanted to help write something like this. Um, I, I think it's great. And, and you know, like Lynn has been away from the Broadway game for a minute because of not only the pandemic, but TV and yeah. film and all the, that stuff that he's got two shows on Broadway right now and he's got all of his friends across the street from his show. So it makes sense. Like I love when the Broadway community comes together in this way. And I'm really, really excited by the crowd that they were able to draw. Yeah, this was actually something that he wrote in 2016 for the Easter Bonnet competition. And he actually performed it as Sweeney, um, which is where, if you remember, we talked about the announcement he made about this hand for him. There's a picture of him as Sweeney. So he had actually shared this with Sondheim himself, who was, um, complimentary and gave his you know blessing or whatever, but to see Anna Lee, to see Josh Groban, to see you know the entire cast kind of dive into this from Sweeney Todd and and and, and from Hamilton as well, obviously was very very cool and uh, big fan big fan of this type of thing and all the hype you know we, we talked so much when Hamilton was first coming onto the scene about like how feverish the the audiences were for this show and you remember that like. People, this was a normal thing to like shut down 46th Street for a ham for ham. Like this happened all the time and people were excited and these were, you know, fun things. I don't, you know, obviously because of the pandemic, like gathering on streets is not, uh, has not been as, as, as popular or possible over the last few years. But still being able to see the excitement that people have for this type of thing is, is very cool. And it, it gives me hope that as we continue to navigate what theater looks like now uh, that we can have more opportunities for people to enjoy this type of things, just unabashedly excited for, for theater and for art and for its, uh, its creators. All right. That is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt Grace. Where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki on most social media platforms. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.